This morning, um, my text consists of simply two verses uh, that appear before you. Um, You can look them in your Bible as well. From the 22nd chapter of the Gospel of Luke, verses 15 and 16, which reads, And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. Only Luke records these words, which um, immediately precede what's often called the words of institution. That is, those familiar words that are of our Lord describing the Lord's Supper that Christians throughout the ages have read prior to the observance of the sacrament. Uh, There are simply two verses here, but it is uh, God's purpose to have them included within the canon of Scripture, so they're not to be overlooked. And in fact, uh, I believe we can meditate upon them uh, with some considerable profit. Um, Our Lord says to the uh, gathered twelve, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Um, which raises the immediate question of of why. Um, A a very literal translation would be, with desire I have desired, or you'll see it translated sometimes as, I have eagerly desired, or with fervent desire I've desired. All of which uh, conveys a sense of the intensity that our Lord is expressing with regard to the observance of this Passover with his closest friends Um, and and disciples. But again, why would he even say such a thing? Why would he say it so strongly? Uh, I have desired to eat this before I suffer. Uh, After all, uh, the the supper was the prelude to his arrest and trial and and a brutal crucifixion and all the intense suffering that went with it. Certainly, it, it wasn't, it couldn't have been the suffering itself that our Lord desired. It is human nature, um, it was a fearful thing. So much so that it's recorded in the Garden of Gethsemane that he was said to have sweat blood as he prayed and contemplated this suffering. A medical condition uh, known as uh, uh, hematidrosis associated with um, extreme psychological uh, stress or anxiety. And and we know that while he was at prayer in the garden, he actually pleaded with the Father that that God might find another way. He fell to the ground, we're told, and and prayed, My Father, if, if it be possible, may this cup be taken from me. To which, of course, he added, Yet not as I will, but as you will. But the full, surely the full realization of the horror of the cross and bearing in his soul, in his righteous soul and body, the judgment of the collective sin of the elect of every age is, is incomparable for us, incomprehensible for us to, to even imagine. We certainly might suppose that Jesus, of all, had a very clear and true sense of what it would be like. So, so no, we can't suppose that he was eager uh, for the suffering in and of itself. Nor, I think, could it simply have been that time of intimate fellowship 
that supper with the twelve, which he was so eager to experience. Now, I don't mean to dismiss that out of hand. After all, it is the most obvious and straightforward uh, sense of the, of the words. I eagerly desire to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Uh, certainly, Jesus uh, must have had a great and deep love for the twelve, even, even Judas. And, and doubtless, um, there was in the heart of the Lord... Um, a sense of pleasure at this opportunity to spend a few last hours with them alone, uninterrupted. But I'm convinced that that, that, that too was not the object of this strange eagerness uh, to which he refers in the verse. I think we need to look uh, beyond the obvious meaning to see uh, the deeper, more significant sense of our Lord's words. Uh, what is it? Uh, that our Lord could have uh, been referring to and so eager to uh, in, in that somber hour. Surely there's one great thing that Jesus must have been anticipating with, uh, and that was the, the, the triumphant conclusion of his great messianic chore of getting the job done and over with. In his mind's eye, our Lord could, could see the end in sight. Uh, and, and it wasn't just the sweet fellowship with, the, with his disciples. It wasn't simply his substitutionary work of the cross. It was the unavoidable, uh, which was, excuse me, which was unavoidable, and which was, which was of course, the means to, uh, to the end uh, to which his heart was so, uh, so drawn. Um, because, remember, he was at that point at the supper, sort of, we could say, cresting the hill, as it were, and could see, could anticipate, with a new, powerful sense of immediacy, uh, the successful end to the great work which he was soon to accomplish uh, and complete on the cross. Uh, We know, brothers and sisters, that in the councils of eternity, the Divine Trinity determined to send the Eternal Son uh, to, uh, to be incarnate and to live and die in this world. Jesus came to save sinners. He came to redeem His elect, uh, whom the Father had chosen from eternity. And this was the only way for it to happen. Jesus came to fulfill all righteousness, to undo the terrible work of the first Adam, which we've all fallen into, uh, and, and who failed to obey God and to keep his law, for his own glory, Jesus came to render perfect obedience in our place. Uh, for his own glory and to give us his perfect record uh, that would be credited to our account, we're counted as holy in the Lord. Moreover, in the cross, Jesus paid uh, the, uh, the incalculable debt of our sin. He bore uh, God's judgment as our substitute. Um, uh, all of which was prefigured, of course, in the Old Testament age. That Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away uh, the sin of, of the world. And so now, as our Lord sits down at the table there in the upper room, he says, I eagerly desire to eat this Passover. Um, because uh, what he has in his mind's eye, not the eating of the supper itself, but the anticipation 
that he has in view as this final chain of events begins to unroll. Jesus, of course, had very carefully orchestrated uh, everything uh, in his life, holding back um, uh, the, the eager crowd, holding back the, the angry uh, officials on many occasions, because, because everything had to have its exact time and place, and every fulfillment, every prophecy had to be fulfilled. But finally, it was all coming into place. Or to say it another way, Jesus knew that when he walked out of the door in that upper room, he was going to pray at the garden and then all hell would break loose. And there would be no stopping it until he cried out, it is finished, and gave up his spirit there on the cross. That's what he was longing for, to have it finished, to have redemption accomplished. And uh, how he waited and anticipated that hour. Somewhere north of Allentown, I think, um, I should know, but on uh, the, the northeast extension of the Pennsylvania Turnpike, there is this tall water tower, um, I think it's still there, uh, with the faded words Alpo on it. Um, Maybe some of you have seen that. Has anybody ever seen that? Am I the only Alpo, the Alpo Tower? Really? I, I always saw this. Um, I suppose it was, um, it was a water tower, and I suppose it was um, for the Alpo Dog Food Company. I don't know that they even exist. Um, but, uh, but years ago, when I used to drive uh, very regularly back and forth between Chicago, where my family lived in college, where I was attending in the eastern shore of Maryland, and then the same trip for another four years uh, while I was attending seminary in Philadelphia, I would often take Route 80 across that long state of Pennsylvania, usually driving by myself, um, having already passed through the long state of Ohio, not to mention Indiana, and um, the southern part of Illinois. And, um, and, and then I would finally uh, travel uh, south, uh, for several more hours on the Northeast Extension. Um, but then I finally saw the Alpo Tower. And, um, <laughs> and uh, that was, a, uh, that was a, a, a great a moment of eager anticipation for me because I knew that it was literally downhill from there, down into the Delaware Valley. Um, the end of which, if there was still two three and a half hours, uh, was nevertheless in sight. Uh, I was on the home stretch, and the end was finally there, coming. Um, you probably all have had something in your life uh, that you've anticipated, that you have uh, the beginning of the end of some great trip or some great endeavor, some great project. Well, the eager anticipation of our Lord was greater uh, and, and because he was anticipating something infinitely greater himself. It was the greatest thing ever accomplished, that is, the redemption of his people. And I believe that was his thought. That was his meaning when he said to his disciples, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. But, but, it was more than that. Um, there was something bigger even that our Lord was accomplishing. 
For in turning our attention to the second verse, the 16th verse, notice our Lord continues. He says, For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. You see, Jesus knows um, that uh, the end of his earthly life and purposes were drawing to a close. His messianic chore, again, the final phase of his sacrifice and humiliation, soon to be completed at the cross. He knows that he will be resurrected. He knows that he will ascend in triumph to heaven and sit at the right hand of the Father where he is today in glory. He anticipates all of this with eagerness. But he knows there is still yet another page to be turned before the completion of all of his work, which he must have anticipated beyond all else. That being the most glorious day, the day of all days, the day with a capital D, when he would return to earth as the triumphant king and lead his followers into that beautiful heritage of the completed kingdom and blessedness of heaven. We cannot doubt uh, that uh, Jesus saw that Passover celebration he was about to engage in as a picture, as a foretaste, as as a teaser of the infinitely greater celebration yet to come. The Bible teaches us that this present age, we call it correctly the last days, will come to a smashing end uh, at a time known only to the Father, at a time when all of the elect, uh, dead and alive, will be gathered to him, uh, when our Lord triumphantly returns, not this time to save sinners, but to bring the fullness of salvation to all who are waiting uh, for him uh, for that day. Uh, and to bring and to usher in the new heavens and the earth uh, and to to usher in this late, the last most glorious page of history. And and then it will be, then it will be that the souls of of all men will be reunited to their bodies like Christ's resurrection body. Then it will be that the final judgment will be uh, conducted at uh, the great white throne. And the books opened according, accordingly, even the Lamb's book of life. And anyone's name, we're told, that does not appear in the Lamb's book, that person together with the sons of the devil and, and, uh, and all others will be cast away. Uh, while the children of God, uh, those who from every age and every time have confessed Jesus Christ and have been, will then be brought into this final complete state of perfection in the new heavens and earth. The final state of blessedness represented to us in the scriptures by the symbol of a great messianic celebratory banquet. Um, in the book of, of the revelation of Jesus Christ, um, our Lord reveals to John these words. Uh, Then the angel said to me, Write, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, These are the true words of God. Revelation 19.9. This, this is also what Jesus was speaking about when he says to the disciples, I tell you, I will not eat it again 
until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. He's referring to that time. Meaning, the next time that Jesus anticipates to be eating the Passover with his disciples will be the marriage supper of the Lamb on the last day in heaven. Uh, And for his own sake, and for your sake and my sake, that is what Jesus most anticipated then and now. And we, you and I, weary saints, that's what we also might be thinking of ourselves from time to time. Um, Now, uh, Scripture is very spare uh, on the descriptions of heaven. Uh, Most of what we we know, um, we learn from the closing chapter of the book of Revelation. Uh, But um, the greatest feature uh, and joy of it will be the full, unmediated presence of God, especially the Lord Jesus Christ. As, As someone has said it, The light of heaven is Jesus' face. The joy of heaven is Jesus' presence. The harmony of heaven is Jesus' praise. And the theme of heaven is Jesus' worth. Or, to quote the words of Samuel Rutherford, The bride eyes not her garment, but her dear bridegroom's face. I will not gaze at glory, but on my King of grace. Not on the crown he gifteth, but on his pierced hand. The Lamb is all the glory of Emmanuel's land. Now, maybe that doesn't doesn't do a whole lot for you hearing that. Um, As beautiful as it is, I'm not sure it gets me as far as I could wish. Uh, Heaven is is still a bit of a mystery, but we we can be certain that whatever it is, It will be absolutely and completely satisfying. It will be perfectly filled with the glory of God. And yes, with Jesus. And it will be forever. And that's something that we may rightly anticipate ourselves. Now, some of you who are younger may not be as excited about that. You may be thinking to yourself, well, you know, I've got quite a few things I'd like to get to. And I'm sort of excited about in life before we... We get to that, you know, heavenly banquet and all of that. Uh, Some of you who are middle-aged may think, well, you know, that's getting to sound a little interesting. Some of you who are older and are suffering in various ways are thinking, yeah, any day will be great. Um, The the shine is off this world. So, um, but but especially we should anticipate it um, as we sit to celebrate the Lord's Supper this morning which Jesus gave us, uh, in part, for the very express purpose of stirring in our hearts a sense of anticipation of that final supper, the fulfillment of the Passover, the fulfillment of the Lord's Supper, the supper of the Lord in heaven, when all is perfect fullness and all the perfect of of the kingdom, perfect fullness of the kingdom will be realized. The Lord's Supper is something we, we celebrate in faith in this age because we, we don't see Jesus with our eyes and we don't have new bodies and we don't have trouble, troubleless lives. Um, but um, with the grace of God assisting us, we, we may still this morning anticipate and indeed that is one of the purposes of the Supper, to assist our weak imaginations um, 
and, and struggling faith. It, it worked for Jesus. Uh, for him, it was an exerci- uh, exercise of anticipation in the face of hardship. And it should work for us as well. Reminding us, promising us, uh, that there is yet another supper to come. A sweeter day when we will all sit with Jesus to eat again, uh, even better than what you had uh, this weekend. Um, Jesus said, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer, for I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. Maranatha. We're waiting with you, waiting for you. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Lord our God, you recorded these words, caused them to be written down and, and have been read by your people through the ages. Um, we're thankful for them. We look at them and we, we, um, we understand what you might have been thinking of. Thinking of that great work which you are about to complete. Thinking of that great supper. Uh, better than, than the supper that you were about to engage in. Uh, a supper that was pictured in that supper and pictured in the supper we're to celebrate. Lord, we, we are within our rights <laughs> to anticipate that time and to rejoice in that grace that you achieved for us. Strengthen us, Lord, in this life. Encourage us, we pray through the celebration of the Lord's Supper and through these thoughts. In Jesus' name, amen.